Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am not excited to discuss uh, what has been a pretty, pretty delirious low point for these Denver Nuggets as they now lose 125-110 tonight, extending that losing streak to four games Not a great sign. Not a lot of great signs for the way that the Nuggets are going right now. And it's too bad that that this has kind of devolved into what it has because it does seem to me like Denver should be better. Uh, They should be recovering from whatever funk they were briefly in. Uh, But if you're in the live chat, make sure to hit a like. Uh, Make sure to do everything else uh, for for the YouTube channels, for the audio, for everything else. Uh, I don't, I don't want to waste your time with that uh, that nonsense, though. Let's get into this. Uh, look, this Nuggets team is frustrating. Uh, oh, let me uh, let me change my settings here real quick so I can get the the background back. Excuse me. Um, layouts, crop solo layout. There we go. We are back. Uh, my apologies for the lack of Superbook logo and the pickaxe and roll logo. Um, where was I? The Nuggets, they were not good tonight. They were not good in that first quarter. That first quarter was where the margin was decided. The game was unfortunately bad. And I am not super pleased with the direction that it went. And and obviously, a lot of Nuggets fans are looking to jump off a cliff right now. But I'm not at that point, and I'm going to tell you why. I will probably save most of that particular conversation until the third segment, though. Most important thing right now is that Nuggets fans should be upset, but not like they they shouldn't be trying to hurl themselves over over a cliff. Like that's that's not where this thing needs to go. There are important pieces of information to be taken from this particular game and from this losing streak. But it is not the end of the world. If the season ended in March, it would be one thing. The season doesn't end in March. And for the Nuggets, who are the current one seed in the Western Conference, they are going to be okay. I promise you that. I know it doesn't feel good, but they are going to be okay. Let's talk about the game. Let's start with Nikola Jokic, who, and I'm going to save Jamal until the second segment, by the way. He played a lot of his time at the bench. We're going to balance it out a little bit with that particular conversation. There's a lot to be had there, but Jamal was not good. We will get to him, I promise. I'm not trying to bury it. Nicola, in his minutes, only took 13 shots tonight. I think part of that, the byproduct was 
sharing the ball with the rest of the starters, obviously. There were some things that the Raptors did really well that OG Ananobi and every other person that rotated onto Jokic did pretty well, where they would collapse on him once again, try to deny the ball as much as they possibly could, and then try to remove as many gaps in driving lanes as they possibly could when he got the ball in ISO and in post-ups and things like that. It was very rare for him to not see two bodies tonight. And yet, there were a lot of opportunities for him getting hit with back cuts and and doing some good things, running in transition, finding opportunities where he was singled up, and then taking advantage of that every single time. It was very rare for him to miss one of those opportunities, and he really did it. I thought he did a pretty reasonable job. I think the stat line speaks for itself here. 28 points, 10 of 13 from the field. Missed his only three-point attempt, but he went eight of eight from the line. That's how you know that he was very focused. Uh, Obviously, Denver lost the rebounding battle tonight, and I think that that's probably one of the more under-discussed reasons as to why they lost this game, but he only had eight. Usually, he's game for about 12. He's got to rebound a little bit better, and I thought in the first quarter, he was actually one of the culprits there for losing extra possessions to Jakob Pertl and to a lot of other people. I, I do think that it was a an across-the-board kind of issue throughout the game. It was just more Jokic in the first quarter to Pirtle, who's a really good offensive rebounder. It's not like a it's not a major criticism here. But in general, I thought that Jokic played really well. I thought that he was pretty good. And, and there are just a lot of factors in this game where if it goes a little bit differently, if Murray plays a little bit better, if uh, Aaron Gordon plays a little bit better at various points, and uh, I don't know, like Denver makes more than six threes as a team, then maybe they have a chance in this one and maybe they actually win it. But there's just a lot of factors that went against Denver tonight. I think that Jokic tried to fight through those and it's too bad that they couldn't really get over the top. Let's go to Michael Porter. Actually, I won't before that. Michael Talley, Nuggets are 3-13 and 13 when Jokic isn't in the positive for his plus minus. Yeah, I, I think that this is a great point. And it's one of those stats that's pretty indicative of how reliant the Nuggets are on Jokic and his minutes to be really, really good. A lot of that is the way that they staggered the rotations. And it was a little bit different tonight where I think everybody except for KCP uh, played pretty high level of minutes tonight. But Jokic, when he shares the floor, it's mostly with two, three, or four other starters. It's never with just one other starter unless it's a very brief one or two minute stretch in the first round of the third quarter. So Denver has to win those minutes. All their best guys are in playing in those minutes. So it's not a surprise that they are a really bad team when that's not positive because that is their formula and Jokic is their their central piece. Um. Michael Porter. I want to be positive with this one because I think that Michael Porter was fantastic once again. 23 points, 8 of 13 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3. That third quarter was absolutely impactful. It was one of those things that reminds you, hey, Denver does have some guys that they can go to when the going gets rough and when things aren't going well. Michael Porter is one of those guys that I think he has proven throughout the these this season as a whole, but in general, over the course of these last couple of weeks, that when things aren't going well for the rest of the team, he is usually right there to help pick up the pieces, right there to just as much as Jokic is, just as much as Murray is when he's 
feeling healthy. Let me let me posit that there. Uh, Porter is one of those guys that when you need a big shot, you can turn to him. And what he did in the third quarter to help drag this team back from the depths where they were down by over 20 points and then finished the quarter down by just six. And he was out there for that entire time. He was great. He was fantastic and deserves so much credit. He was grabbing some rebounds in the first quarter when basically nobody else was. Uh, had a couple assists, had a couple steals, some good defensive plays. It wasn't perfect. I don't, I don't think anybody was. But when you count on how many guys you can really, how many players you can really trust in these moments, I do think that Porter is in that group. I think he's one of those circle of trust guys that needs to be out there in those key moments. They need to find ways to play him 35 minutes, 38 minutes if his body can handle it. I don't see any reason why I couldn't at this point. I think that Denver is trying to keep a a lower minute total on him in general. But I do think that Porter, he has proven a lot of good stuff. And it wouldn't surprise me if those minutes continue to rise in the rest of this road trip. But more importantly, when the playoffs roll around and when the games uh, are essential, Porter's going to be one of those guys that they have to trust. Because if they don't trust, they are going to lose. Uh, Guaranteed. Guaranteed they will not win the finals. They will not get to the finals if they cannot find ways to trust Michael Porter Jr. Let's get to Aaron Gordon, who I did not think had a great game today. A couple of things that stand out from the stat line are the two of six from, from the free throw line. Like Gordon is now a liability when it comes to the free throws. That is a really big issue. And I do continue to think that those are points that matter. Those are margins that matter when it comes down to playoffs, when it comes down to the final moments of a game. The way that he is playing and the way that the Nuggets need him to play, if he is two of six heading into a close game, that's a let's say it's a two-point game with two minutes to go, if he steps to the free throw line at those moments, what are the Nuggets going to do? And what is he going to do? If he is in the game with two minutes left to go, is he away from the play trying to avoid the foul? Or is he at his best where he is in the paint and drawing contact and getting to the like getting to the front of the rim is his best skill for this team right now. And if he is not able to do that in the clutch because he is not comfortable getting to the free throw line, that is a pretty strong concern of mine. Now, the rest of his game, 18 points, three assists, two steals, one block. Good stuff. No doubt about it. I also liked what he did when he staggered with the second unit as a uh, second unit center. I think there are some things that Denver's going to go with in in these playoffs where I think that tonight you saw kind of a preview of what a playoff rotation looks like for this Nuggets team. They will play Murray a lot of minutes. Some people will be happy about it. Some people won't. But they will also play Gordon more than the 30 or so minutes that he usually plays, where he'll get up to about 34, 35, 36. And he will take those backup five minutes when Denver needs him to. Uh, I think that it's a good idea. I think it puts Denver in a position where they can really succeed. And that is a nice, exciting wrinkle that the Nuggets are finding over the course of this time. Now, the Nuggets got out-rebounded tonight. What was it? 44-32? Yeah, it says 44-32 here. And Aaron Gordon had one rebound. That's not good enough. 
Denver's need they need more from him. They need more from Aaron Gordon. They need him to be a reliable free throw shooter. They need him to be a reliable rebounder. If he's going to play the five, he's going to have to play big, and he's going to have to be big in big moments. Uh, that is essential for what is going on right now. And I don't know if Denver's going to be able to trust it or not, but I do think that uh, as much as we talk about Murray's health, uh, I think Hurricane hits it here. He looks like he could use some time off too. I've always hoped that Denver could clinch the one seed by the last week of the season and then basically give everybody a week off if they need it. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know what Denver's going to be able to actually clinch and whether they're going to be able to take advantage of those moments. But the hope is that they clinch it before the last game or the last two games. And then you could have at least, I don't know, half a week, a week extra on top of the uh, play-in tournament that you don't have to suit up for. So hopefully Aaron can get some time off and get his body right as well. Lastly, KCP, 29 minutes, only had three points because he only took two shots. This was one of those shot distribution things where it looks a little bit weird and it was probably a little bit weird. Uh, He only played 29 minutes. I do think that that is... Uh, It was kind of surprising. I did not like his defense tonight. I thought that there were a couple of good moments. I thought that there were definitely some times where, hey, you get a clutch steal, you get physical in the clutch moments. That's important. And I thought he did some good things against Pascal Siakam specifically when he was switched out onto him. But he was one of the guys that just could not defend Fred Van Vliet tonight. Van Vliet went off absolutely crazy. And some of the shots that he hit were crazy. But Denver has to be able to control guys like him because. 36 points for Fred Van Vliet, and Denver needed better than that. They like He did it on 22 shots as well, 8 of 12 from 3. Uh, they were some incredible plays for Van Vliet. And look, when you – I said before the game that Denver, the one thing they needed to do was to shut down the Fred Van Vliet, Jakob Pertl pick and roll, or, or at least make it a little bit better. Pertl finished the game as a plus 30, plus 30 in a 15-point win, and Van Vliet was plus 21. So clearly they did not do the right thing. Clearly they did not play it well. Uh, Could they have done better? Absolutely. Will they do better going forward? Probably. But that's one of those things where I know that KCP wasn't on Van Vliet the entire time, but he's got to be the guy that shuts that down. And I do think that Denver needs something more from this group, and and they're going to have to look to their vets in KCP and Aaron Gordon to really shoulder that because I don't think that Jamal can do it right now. I don't think that Mike should be asked to do it, although maybe he he needs a look because I thought he actually defended reasonably well in those switch situations. So Denver's got to find ways to get creative defensively with the starting lineup because I don't think that Murray's doing a good enough job with it. And KCP, especially over these last couple weeks, has not been the defender that he needs to be for this team. So It is March. It is not the playoffs yet. Everything will be okay. But I do think, and Alan says it here, we're going to get to Bruce Brown tonight. I I think that he's a guy that needs to be better, and he's a guy that Denver could go to in a lot of these situations. And the fact that they haven't been able to or have chosen not to is not a great indication. So, all right. But tell you what, let's take a break. Let's relax. Reconvene. When we come back, we are going to discuss the bench unit as well as Jamal Murray and everything that 
I think everybody has some some gripes about and some concerns about. We'll be right back. But first, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook. Make 2023 the year you beat Vegas. And now you can do it during March Madness, where Superbook Sports, they, gives you a, they give you a chance every single week to go head-to-head with the best odds makers in Las Vegas. That is going to happen in a big way over the course of these next three weeks, where March Madness takes over. There are no fancy computer computer algorithms, no guys across the pond setting these lines, uh, just the best team of odds makers in the business that are behind the counter at the Superbook in Las Vegas. Plus, Superbook features some of the best odds boosts and promo bets anywhere. So make sure to download the Superbook Sports app now or visit Superbook.com and start your battle against Vegas right now. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-522. 4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. Everybody that's in here, make sure to go give this a like. Make sure to uh, check out all of the other great content that we've got brought your way on the MHS YouTube channel, MHS, all the the platforms, basically. Uh, And if you're listening on the audio side, thank you so much. Make sure to leave a rating and review over there if you can. All right. Uh, The thing you've all been waiting for, I think. Uh, first half bench lineup for Denver was Jamal Murray, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, and Thomas Bryant. At one point tonight, Jamal Murray was a minus 28 in 15 minutes. Uh, it was bad. It, it was really, really bad. And Thomas Bryant didn't play well in the second half. They decided to go with Aaron Gordon at the five instead. Uh, but Christian Brown being in there is notable. Reggie Jackson being pulled, not playing in this game, and I think it was the right call, of course. We'll get to Christian Brown in just a sec. I think that he played a good game, and I think that the Nuggets should continue to go to him. Shocker, I know. Uh, In general, Jamal Murray tonight was not good enough. He was just not. Homecoming game tonight, maybe he had some nerves. Maybe he was dealing with some knee soreness. It doesn't, frankly, matter. Like, Denver needs him to be the second best player on the team if they want to win a championship. And on a night where Jokic takes 13 shots, Porter takes 13 shots, Gordon takes 13 shots, Jamal was the guy who took the most. He was the guy who used the most possessions and took 18 shots, finished with 14 points, and just wasn't effective enough on either end of the floor, but especially the offensive end. He did have nine nine assists. I want to credit him there. He did have two steals and a block. I want to credit him there. But the five turnovers absolutely cancel out the nine assists. The shooting obviously is horrible. And the defense tonight for him was really, really bad. Uh, I was not impressed with the level of physicality that he played with. It looked like he was getting bumped off his spots pretty consistently. He did not handle the ball pressure really well. He did not pass the ball really well, even though he had nine assists. There were some moments, and and I I don't want to – look, I am seen as a Jamal guy, and I am a Jamal guy. I want to see him succeed. I think that he's the second-best player on the team. I think that he had a legitimate shot to make the all-star team this year had he started off the season a little bit better. 
But right now, the level that he's playing at is not requisite with what the Nuggets need. Finished the game a minus 20 in his 40 minutes, which means that there are a plus five in the other eight. It wasn't like they were awesome. Don't get me wrong. Like Denver could have been better in those minutes too. But I do think that Denver, they just need more from him. And I think what you what you notice in this, uh, Stefan, I think, gets to it here. The Raptors are just too big for him. He could not keep up with Fred VanVleet on the defensive end. And he gave up some open shots, gave up some open opportunities in that stretch. I think that in general, like and especially when he's on the offensive end and they've got Scotty Barnes on him, they've got OG Ananobi switching onto him, Pascal Siakam, uh, even their guards in Gary Trent Jr., Fred Van Vliet, are pickpockets. They are very, very good at making life hell for those kinds of guys. Denver, for whatever reason, they have a lot of trouble with Toronto. They had a lot of trouble with Brooklyn. I think that Murray, I think, is emblematic of that as well. Uh, I think it's the wings. I think it's that physical size. Now, Jamal's had a lot of success against teams that play a lot of wings. Think of the Clippers, for example. The Clippers are really, really good, and they have a lot of good wings. And it didn't matter if they put Paul George or Kawhi or Nicholas Batum or anybody like that on him. He was great. He was fantastic, especially in the bubble. And I think that what this says to me is that he's just not healthy. He is not playing like he is healthy. He is not playing with the burst, with the physicality, with the quickness that you need from a guy like him. He's not really shaking free from these bigger players. And you notice that on switches when it was against the Nets with Nick Claxton. And you notice it tonight where he's got these big wings. You've got to do better than the shots that he's getting. And and I do think that he got some open shots and just missed them. It's not like... Sometimes we overstate this where it looks like it's bad and it feels bad. But if you have a couple shots that rim in instead of rim out and he's 7 of 18, that was a bad game and it could have been better. But I do think that the overall feel of it was how Nuggets fans are. I think it's how they were perceiving it. I do think that it was bad. I think that he needs to be better. There's no doubt in my mind, folks. They're like, I could be as much of a Jamal guy as I want to, but he's got it. Like, he's just got to do it. Unfortunately, I do think that Denver, with the lack of time that they have for the rest of the season, there's only 13 games left. And because Denver is now in the tenuous position where they have a four-game losing streak, they don't have a lot of great opportunities to rest Jamal ahead of the playoffs and get his body to the place where it's perfectly good. I think that he could use a week, just like everybody could use a week. He is trying to fight through it, but I honestly think that if he is going to play this way, Denver has Bruce Brown. I have not been a fan of the way that Bruce Brown has played, but I do think that if you ask him to be the starting point guard for the rest of this road trip, it would not be bad. And then you can keep having Reggie Jackson try to figure some things out with the second unit. You can keep trying to figure some things out. Uh, I do think, though, that Jamal himself could use the off time where you get your mind right, you get your body right, you play better when you come back, and you do a lot of good things when, when you're out there. But look, I will also say that the comments, and I'm reading them now, uh, the 
pulse of the team and, and how fans are feeling right now. It has completely forgotten and completely gotten away from just how reliant Jokic was on Murray in the bubble. It is not going to be easy for the rest of these play or for the rest of the season. It's not going to be easy in the playoffs. And Jokic is going to need guys guys that both can get him the ball and can also take away the pressure from him. And Murray does both of those things, especially when he's healthy and especially when he's good. I think that it's been inconsistent lately, and I know that everybody's feeling some kind of way about it. I ask you to be patient because I can clearly see that Jamal is laboring. It is clear that he should not have played 40 minutes tonight. I do think that, in general, Denver, they've needed to go through some of these lulls, and Jamal's needed to go go through these lulls as well. Uh, he will be better. I can guarantee you that. He will be better. And Nuggets fans are out of whack right now with the way that this is going. I do think that, like, look, it wasn't far ago that he had 40 in a game. Like, he just he just had 40 points right before he got injured, like right before he had to sit out. So I had somebody comment to me uh, during the game. I had somebody comment and said that Jamal's 22-23 is very similar to Clay Thompson's 21-22, where I think everybody in Golden State was having a lot of the same concerns that Nuggets fans were having, where, oh, wow. It doesn't feel good. Clay is really struggling. Everybody is do if everybody's going wild and he's not playing as well as Jordan Poole. He's not playing as well as Andrew Wiggins. He's not a part of their future. And then they won a title, and Clay played some very important minutes in the playoffs, despite the fact that he wasn't perfect, despite the fact that it wasn't great. And I do think in general that a lot of people are, are feel like I feel the same way about Jamal, the way that I think. Warriors fans are. I think that they know what their formula is, and their formula involved Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson. I think that the Nuggets formula involves Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, and Aaron Gordon. I think it's those four guys and Nuggets fans that are going over the top with this, don't understand that people have bad shooting games all the time, especially guys like a Klay Thompson, like a Jamal Murray. They aren't like, look, I know every everybody in the in the chat is just saying like, oh man, the Warriors are so much better than the Nuggets though. Clay has four rings. Jamal hasn't earned that level of trust. Shut up. What are we doing? What are we doing? You gotta trust your guys. If you can't trust your guys, then make a move in the offseason. If that is the reason, fine. Make a move in the offseason. But you gotta give it a chance. And if you don't give it a chance to work through the struggles, to work through the adversity, then it is never going to happen. And Nuggets fans are going to continue to kick the can down the road over and over and over again. And uh, Danny, if you say they should make a move, like who knows? The guy who they trade for, if they did, if you trade Jamal, it may not work. It might take a whole two years to really fully get somebody acquainted with the Jokic style. Like if you just trade for, actually, I don't even know who you would trade for at this point. You've got to trade for somebody that's about the same level. And I don't know if there's any of those guys that are out there. Let's say you traded for, hypothetically, Jalen Brunson from the Knicks. Are the Nuggets a better team? No. No. That's not, that's, 
they are at the same level, and they would have many of the same issues. Wait until the offseason. If it's still bad, then it's fine. I am putting my, my, I'm putting my foot down on this right now. I think that Denver and Nuggets fans in general have really overreacted to all of this. I think that it's been frustrating. I know that everybody's upset. Please, just give it some time. Give him an opportunity to get healthy. And watch what he does in the playoffs. He will win a series, let alone a couple of playoff games. Jokic is great. He's fantastic. Porter's great. He's fantastic. Denver has the pieces. They don't need Jamal to be superhuman like he was in the bubble. They just need him to show up in the game six and game sevens. Like, and he will. I, I have zero doubt about it in my mind. Zero. Bruce Brown in this game was not good. I do. Uh, there, were, there were a couple of offensive possessions that he was fine. Um, I think that his defense, he was just as outmatched physically as Jamal was when getting onto switches. He was just as overwhelmed by Fred Van Vliet, by Gary Trent Jr., by pretty much anybody on the perimeter. And it was too bad because anytime that they got switches, anytime that all the mismatches got mixed up, that Denver needed more interior size and Bruce Brown just wasn't really able to provide that. Uh, he also, the one turnover that he had, it sticks out in my mind like a sore thumb because Denver was right in the position where you're trying to push forward you're trying to crack through, and then he commits this egregious, awful turnover, gets ripped by Van Vliet at half court, and the momentum just goes back to Toronto in that moment. And it was one of those watershed moments where Bruce has got to be better, too. Like, he played 22 minutes, and in this particular game with Jamal playing 40, you want that much more even. You want 35 minutes for Jamal or less, and you want Bruce Brown to be able to play closer to 30 I don't think that he earned it. I don't think that he earned the time. Uh, it's brutal in general that there are some definite possessions that he needs to be better. Now, there were some where he drove, and, and I think the ball was better off in his hands than it was in Jamal's hands at times, where he drove, he found a mismatch, he was getting baseline, he was getting middle, he was doing a lot of good things with the ball in his hands. Uh, and, and I think the minus three, I do think that that says a lot, that when he was out there, in place of Murray with the starters, those lineups were really good. When he was out there, even with Murray and even with uh, like Jeff Green and especially Aaron Gordon in the second half, Christian Brown as well, that lineup was pretty good. And it's one that I think Denver can go to going forward, especially if Murray kind of gets into a better place physically and shoots a little bit better. Uh, Denver has enough in those moments. And I think that they have to figure some stuff out with their second unit still, of course. But We'll get to that in the third segment. Uh, look, Bruce has got to be better, I think. I do think that the 12 points on seven shots is good, and there there is a place for that. But he is one of those guys that you look at the level of the defense and how they are executing, and Bruce is not executing at all. He's got to be better on that end just as much as everybody else, and he has kind of skated by over the course of these last three months when I think his defense has really deteriorated. There are a couple of blocks on the perimeter. There's a couple of nice plays. He has some good moments where he's rebounding. Hasn't really been able to tie it together in a string of good defensive performances. And Denver needs that right now more than ever. They need Bruce Brown to be the best version of Bruce Brown. Jeff Green 
Uh, I actually think this was a really good Jeff Green game. Had an egregious turnover. Uh, it was the one where he was passing across the middle of the floor to Christian Brown right at half court, and it gets picked off for a coast-to-coast dunk. Uh, it was bad. That one was a bad moment. But in general, I, I do think that Jeff played pretty well. He's got to make more threes. That's definitely something. But made all of his twos, had five rebounds, including some contested ones, had three assists. And I thought that he switched off and, and had some really good possessions defensively, too. Uh, this was a pretty good Jeff Green performance. And if this is the version that Denver's going to get for the rest of the year, then great. Maybe he's the guy that Denver needs to be able to switch uh, guard everything and, and maybe even take some one-on-one possessions. But he's got to be locked in. He's got to be physical. And he's got to do so without fouling. Uh, did a pretty good job not fouling tonight. But I do think that he's still – like he's one of those guys that can get a little bit overzealous with his closeouts, things like that. But I uh, thought his interior defense was pretty good. Thought that he did some good things. And, uh, yeah, there were definitely – I think uh, – this has been pretty good. Love that he yelled in the huddle and came out aggressive on D after that timeout. You like to see that from your vets. But I do think in general, he was one of those guys that Denver could count on. And it's so it's not surprising that Michael Malone went to him in a trust moment, that he went to him where they need a win. They try to get good stuff from Jeff. I think he's in the circle of trust for Michael Malone, whether he's in the circle of trust for Nuggets fans. I got to figure not. But I do think that Denver, whether they need that or they need Vlatko's kind of three-point spacing and uh, doing a little bit extra from a shooting perspective and maybe a connectivity perspective, I don't know whether that's ultimately going to work out, but we will see whether that uh, ends up happening. Uh, Two more before we hit another break. Christian Brown. Low usage night for Christian Browns in 17 minutes. Had a block. It was a loud block in kind of help defense where he used his size, used his athleticism to get over and challenge a shot on a guy that wasn't his guy. It was a jumper as well, or maybe it was a floater in the lane, but a good play by him regardless. And I th- there were a couple of moments where uh, one of them was in garbage time, but there was one where Jamal kind of got the ball over to him on a secondary drive, basically, where Jamal trying to uh, he puts himself on one one wing in the slot. Christian Brown's in the other slot. He gets a bounce pass from Jamal after Jamal tries to kind of give a half-hearted drive. And then Christian creates the shot for himself in the middle of the floor. Gets to the middle, uh, puts up a nice shot. And that is, I think, the vision of what Christian Brown can bring. He can take advantage of those size mismatches. He can get past some of the slower guys if they switch out onto him. And he's one of those players that I just think needs to play more. He was a minus 12 tonight, though. I do want people to fully recognize that in his minutes, he was a minus 12. The Nuggets were only a minus three when he was off the court. So it's not like they were way better. But uh, he still has to figure some stuff out. The team doesn't necessarily play great basketball with the bench unit. I think that Jamal took too many shots with that second unit. I think that... Bruce probably needed to, like, he was actually probably at the right number of shots. I think that probably three or four of Jamal's shots should have gone to Christian, and then another three or four should have gone to others in the starting unit, I'd have to imagine. But look, uh, Christian has to be out there with his wing size, his ability to switch, 
He's locked in on the defensive end. He makes fewer defensive mistakes than other guys. He has to be out there for Denver to be the best version of their playoff selves, I believe. Uh, He's one of those guys that I think they can trust, and Denver did go on a run while he was out there. It was when... Was it when Jamal? No, it wasn't when Jamal went to the bench. It was Jamal, Bruce Brown. Um, actually, it wasn't when Christian Brown was out there, although he was out there for part of it. I think it was Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Michael Porter, Jeff Green, Nicola to end that third quarter, and Denver was able to cut into that lead. I think that he has that versatility that he can play the two or the three. If they try to ask him to play the one, if they try to ask him to play the four, it's probably not going to be as good. But in general, I thought that Christian, pretty good, still needs to be better. The team needs to be better in general while he's out there. And and he can help with that, but they've got to trust him. And Murray's got to give him some opportunities. Bruce has got to give him some opportunities. The rest of the team, it can't go to Jeff Green ISOs. Give it to Christian Brown on the wing and see if he can create. That would be my piece of advice. And finally, basically six minutes for Thomas Bryant in actual time. Then he played a couple of garbage time minutes, got up a couple threes, not necessarily great. Low usage for him, one rebound, one turnover, minus five in those minutes. And he's, I, I just, I don't know if they trust him. I don't know if they're going to be able to play him, guys. I really do think that the, the rotation that is starting to come into focus is an eight-man rotation with AG playing the backup five and the starting four. Uh, Porter playing extra minutes at the three, either Jeff Green or Vlacko, Vlacko playing the backup four, and Bruce Brown and Christian Brown kind of taking up the one, two, and three minutes off the bench. Uh, there will be some staggering. There will be some other guys that kind of get into it, but I don't think that Thomas Bryant is going to be in the rotation. He just has not fit in to what Denver's needed, and I don't think they have enough time to really figure that out. So this is part of the adversity. We are going to have to talk about a lot of it, but in general, not a good game. I do think that some good things came out of this. It wasn't all bad, even though Nuggets fans are feeling really bad. I think if you get a better Jamal performance, you might win this game. Like Everything else was pretty normal, pretty standard in general. I thought that Jamal, not good enough, and Denver's going to have to figure it out. They're going to have to find ways to get him healthier, get him better. Uh, Because if they don't get that, then they are going to lose, as everybody here continues to remind me. So let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about adversity and what happens when it hits. We'll be right back. back final segment here thank you so much everybody for tuning in appreciate all the love all the support on the podcast thank you so much for hanging out with me in a losing podcast i know that not a lot of folks are super excited about hanging out tonight but we've got to talk about this and i know that a lot of people have opinions on it so i see the chat is bumping everybody's got a lot of perspective on what they think they should be doing and and how they think jamal should play how they think everything is um, Danny says, actually, let me, let me pull that up, Danny. 
Uh, put AG at the five and Porter at the four for the bench and stop killing Jamal. Uh, if they do that, then are you putting Reggie at the one? Are you making Bruce the one? Is KCP out there? I think there's some there's some possibilities there, uh, but I do think that in general, maybe they have Vlaco out there so that Porter plays the three, Vlaco the four, AG the five, something like that. But I can see Bruce, Christian Brown, NPJ. AG and Vlatko as the five people that are on the court. I think that that makes sense. Um, in general, though, Denver, they've got a lot to figure out. They've got a lot to figure out from a rotation perspective. And <laughs> Big Namic says, for the record, Ryan, I'm super excited to hang out after this game. Thank you. Uh, I know that everybody loves to see me squirm uh, on, while trying to answer questions about Jamal. I know that that's something that a lot of people like, and, and I, I don't like it, believe me. It's not not very fun for me, Big Namek, but I, I hope you're having a good time. Uh, let's talk about adversity. Let's talk about what happens when the adversity hits, because when it hits, it hits hard. I guess uh, Denver, they haven't had a lot to deal with over the course of these the first 69 games. Uh, they had 13 of their first 19 games on the road. Things weren't great during that stretch, but they figured it out. And then when they started getting back, uh, they had a three-game losing streak towards the tail end of that, and then they figured some stuff out, and they made it work, and then they started rolling, and then they started beating really good teams. A lot of that came at home, a lot of that came in a row, and I think it masked some of the potential issues that have now come out, where what happens when Jamal isn't at his physical best again? What happens when the defense can't really execute against some of the elite offensive schemes that you're facing? Or let's just say Fred Van Vliet is on a heater. How do you stop Fred Van Vliet? How do you stop Mikhail Bridges? How do you how do you slow down Spencer Dinwiddie from getting 16 assists? Uh, how how can you possibly slow down Keldon Johnson? Like there's just a lot to really uh lots of really parse through there, of course. But look, Denver's going to be okay. I keep trying to stress this, and I know that there are some that don't want to hear that. There are some that want to feel the pain of this and want to uh, wallow in that and, and believe that this is going to be the end of the world. There are a lot of teams, a lot of good teams, that have gone through ruts right before the playoffs. And what I can say is that the playoffs and the regular season are so entirely different that most teams get to wipe the slate clean in general. There's going to be plenty of time because of the play-in tournament between the end of the regular season and the playoffs. It might be a week long. It might be an extended stretch where Denver's going to be able to refocus in those moments. They're going to be able to figure some stuff out. They are going to approach game one against whoever they face. And honestly, that's going to be a tough one because they will probably not know who they face until about two days before the actual game. And they're going to have to turn around, and they're going to have to be ready for whoever that is. Uh, they can't just go into that, walk into that, expecting to be great. But the great thing about adversity hitting in March is that it's not hitting in April. <laughs> like It's not hitting in May. It's not hitting in June if you're lucky enough to get there. The great thing about adversity hitting in March is you get to see yourself in the mirror. You get to see who responds to it. And you get to see the, the people that you want to actually go to war with in those situations. Because 
I can tell you for a fact that there are players that crumble in those moments of adversity, and then they never recover. Even if those moments occur in December or January, like they did with Bones, there are a lot of guys that do not do well in those moments. That's why veterans are players that coaches really love to surround themselves with because they have always been hit with moments of adversity throughout a long career. I think that Denver has a good mix where Jamal coming back from this thing, obviously it's getting to his head a little bit. It's not just his body physically. It's getting to his head. He knows how much he's struggling. He knows what he can and can't do. And it's probably pushing him a little bit. It's probably making it difficult. I think with Michael Porter, there was at least a little bit of that. I think he's gotten over a lot of it over the course of this season. Uh, There have been moments where teams have attacked him when he's failed. And there have been teams that uh, have attacked him and he's succeeded in other moments. And that's exciting. Because what it says to me is that Denver is going through it and they're learning about themselves. They are learning new things that they did not know before. And I'm glad that they're able to go through it now because it means you get to address some of these big issues. So what are those? The first one that everybody's got to go through is Jamal Murray's health and consistency. There's no secret. He hasn't been good enough. I don't think that if if you get this version of Jamal, you're probably not getting out of the second round, let alone getting to the conference finals or winning a conference finals or winning a title. Like you're not going to do it. So Denver needs better from him. They know, and he knows that. I think everybody knows that. They're going to put some pressure on him, but they're not going to put so much, and they're not going to put as much as the fan base, that's for sure. They're going to try to get him to a good place where he can get back to doing the things that he's good at and get back to focusing on, hey, my body feels good. Now let's go win. It isn't going to always be about, uh, it's, I, I hope that for the rest of his career, it's not about his body. I really, really hope that. He has been dealing with a lot of wear and tear over the course of his season and over the course of his career, frankly, where he rolls his ankle a lot, he plays through a lot, and now he's just not invincible the way that he was when he was a young 18, 19, early 20s kind of guy. I do think that he's got to figure it out, and he's going through it. The difference is, is that I think he'll get through it, and I don't think a lot of Nuggets fans have a lot of faith right now, which... I don't know, man. Like the bubble, it it speaks to me in a lot of different ways where you had to have true self-belief and true like basketball love in order to get through that. And I think that he has that. I think that he has that in spades. And that's the most important thing when you have to go through these moments of adversity. You need to love what you do and you need to love the grind. And he loves both of those things. I think that he will get to that. He'll get to that place. It's just when and if he can get there in time. Uh, hopefully he can get there in time. Hopefully it's over the next five games. And then he kind of rides a high going into the playoffs. That would be great. It may not be like that. It might be a little bit more segmented. It might be a little bit more uh, up and down. But that's probably the biggest thing that the Nuggets have to figure out. If I were them, I would sit him out for the rest of the road trip. I would have him come back, play against... Drew Holiday and the Milwaukee Bucks when he does ultimately return, or maybe he plays against Washington or something like that. But if he is asking to play 
in the next few games and asking to play in the back-to-back and things like that? I would just say no. I would just say this is too important for us to mess with and for the team to really have to get through. They have to be able to get into a great place physically because if he can get to that place, then some of these bench minutes will be better. The top end of the team is just better when he's good. And when he's great, they're unbeatable. So I really do think that they can get back to that. I think that he can get back to that. It's just a question of when and if it's in time. Uh, We'll see. The next one, defensive effort and execution. Look, 49 points given up in the first quarter today, not good enough. Denver, if they have any any possible belief in themselves being good and deserving to win a title, they're going to have to limit the crooked quarters. They're going to have to limit uh, giving up 35-plus in a quarter because it just takes one little misstep and a game five could be lost. A game six on the road could be lost. Denver's going to have to go through a lot. They're going to have to figure it out. And I do think that Jokic has struggled to execute the scheme at times. I think that Murray has struggled to execute the scheme at times. I think that Bruce Brown, frankly, is the next guy that I look at as, man, who is struggling to execute what they're asking him to do. Uh, He's got to be better, and the entire team has got to be better. And what better way to figure it out than just being stuck on a road trip? Uh, They will have to go through this. They're going to have to figure it out. They're entering must-win territory in terms of some of these games. And if they don't figure it out by the end of this road trip, I will be pretty concerned. Uh, I still predict, by the way. Actually, you know, I'm not going to predict. I have a very strong suspicion that things will turn around really quick here. But I am not going to predict anything because it seems that my reverse jinxes are uh, are fully in effect this year. And I just don't want to, I do not want to reverse jinx that. Uh, but I do think the defense will be better. I think they'll figure some things out. Number three is bench stability. I think that Christian Brown needs to play every night. I said that after the last game, and I'm saying it again tonight. He played well enough. The team did not play well enough around him, I don't think, but I I think that they have to trust him. I think that if he's going to be out there, don't give him just two shots. Give him an opportunity to make an impact and to ease the burden of responsibility on a guy like Jamal and on a guy like Bruce. He can do some things. He can attack gaps. He can take advantage. He's been shooting the ball really well. Uh, Let him shoulder some of the burden. Don't try to take it all yourself. He's going to be a good, helpful piece, and I think that the Nuggets can rely on that going forward. Now, are they going to go back to Vlaco at some point? I don't know. Is Zeke going to get healthy? I don't know. Is Thomas, uh, is he somebody that they can trust? I don't know. But that's the biggest question mark right now, outside of Jamal Murray's health and then the defense. Who can play on a reliable basis is really, really important. And I think it's going to be Christian, who's that seventh guy. And honestly, I'm leaning as Jeff as the eighth guy. Between those three, between Bruce, Christian, and Jeff, I think Denver's probably good enough. They'll need other performances from different people. They'll need to find times to play ninth or 10th man. They're not just going to be able to play an eight-man rotation all the way through to the finals. That is not how it works. They are going to need to find opportunities to play other guys and not just burden Jokic with playing 44 minutes or Murray with 42 or AG with 42. 
Like you can't just do that all the time. You have to find other guys that are capable of doing these things. And if Denver can find it, that will go a long way. Uh, but they have to trust Christian Brown. I think that he's the guy. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen for him or Vlaco or whoever. But you've got to find somebody. And he's the guy that I think I have the most most faith in right now. So we will see. Um, but as a reminder, the Nuggets are 46 and 23 out of the road. They are 30 and 6 at home. They are now 16 and 17 on the road. That's not good. That is something that they are going to have to figure out. If they do not show up above 500 again on the season, um, on the road, then I do not think that they will win a title. I think that they have to get back above 500. Win another six games on the road. You have, what, 10 more? Uh, no, not 10. That's 33. You have eight more. Go six and two. Get to 22 and 19 on the road. If you can do that and showcase just how capable you are in those moments, then I think that Denver has a chance. I think that they will come through this on the other side and be fine. But uh, Denver's got to figure it out. They have to find ways to lock in defensively on the road, but they will do it. I do believe that. Magic number is three for a top four seed, and it's only 10 for the top of the West. You have to win probably eight more games. Go eight and five. It's not that hard. There are going to be opportunities. You've got to take advantage of them. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be pretty all the time. But if Denver can just survive those moments, then I think it goes a long way in kind of getting through this as a team, getting through this hole. And if you can get through a hole, if you can come out of the on the other side and showcase your talents, showcase your skills, and be able to come together as a team and play together, that will go a long way, I think for the belief of this team, because they are at a low point right now. And it's tough to be at a low point on game 69 of the season. But the good news is that it's not game 82, and there's still plenty of time for them to turn this around, and I do believe that they will do that. You have to have faith, because if you don't, then it's all for nothing, folks. Like, you can't be pessimistic all the way to a title. I've tried that. It doesn't work. Obviously, you're gonna, you're probably going to fall short. You're probably going to slip up. And it's going to be tough. If there's any team in Nuggets history, any single one that can do it, it is this group with this group of players. Jokic is unbelievable. He can do this. I have no doubt that it's going to be hard. But that Nuggets fans, you just got to brace for it. Because it will be super rewarding if they can get it done. Michael, can you hit the outro music for me? Folks. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends at Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in on this podcast. We had some folks hanging out with us for the entire time. Look, in the end, we're all Nuggets fans. In the end, we all want this to go well for this team. It's not going to be easy. It is not going to be a cakewalk. It is going to be hard. But the most important thing is that Denver has time to do it. They can get it done. As long as they stick to it, they do it together, they'll be okay. Folks, hit the like button on the way out. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.